0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Bearded Table, Episode 7. Coming to you live from sunny Central Florida here in Winter Park. A nice day, even though we have a hurricane looming around our state. Today we're going to have an exclusive episode. We're just going to talk some football here today. You know, it's week 10, good halfway mark through the season. We're going to talk about some good matchups this week. Also talk about who I think is the forefront right now for the MVP trophy and... How I think these playoffs are gonna be this year. You know, the season's almost over, so the playoffs seeding will be rounded up soon. All right, let's get into it. I think uh week 10. There's a lot of favorable favorable matchups for some people. Uh one that really hits my radar is the Seahawks and Rams game. You know, the Seahawks have lost two of their last three. Uh Russell Wilson's definitely in the conversation for MVP candidate this year. They have an offense that has so much potential. You know, DK Metcalf and Tower Lockett are amazing weapons for Russell Wilson to have. You know, Chris Carson's a great running back. But it's the defense, you know. It's the same problem the Cowboys have. the same problem a lot of NFL teams I've, I've noticed have had this year. You have a great offense, but if, if your defense just can't stop another team's offense, you, you're either having to put up more points or you're playing catch-up. And I think Seattle's been playing catch-up the past couple weeks. You know, when they played the Bills, that was – it was a rough game, you know, similar to the Chargers, or excuse me, the Rams and Dolphins game. You know, the the Dolphins' defense was all over the Rams at the beginning of the game. It's the same thing how the Bills', off, or defense, Bills defense was with Seattle. Um, yeah, I think the Rams, they, they have a chance to really, you know, take Seattle out of it, kind of knock their momentum. I mean, the Rams were definitely looking for some retribution after that embarrassing loss of the Dolphins when they just couldn't get anything going on, on the offensive side of the ball. So I definitely think that is one of the key matchups of Week 10 just to see how Seattle is going to kind of move on from this and if they can get back on the track and string a couple wins together. Another big game I see is the uh, Chargers versus Dolphins. You know, the the Dolphins this year have really turned it around, I think, especially with Tom Brady leaving the AFC. You, you have an opportunity for the new big dog, and obviously Kansas City is that guy right now. You know, Pittsburgh is making some noise. Baltimore is up there. Tennessee but you know the Bills as well but the Bills have been inconsistent i think that's what leads the dolphins to have an opportunities if they can have a sound mind on defense and give a good defensive game week in and week out and you have this young guy Tua who's ready to go and he's shown that he's ready is um i think he can really lead this team in the right direction you know i mean he's if he wins or if the Dolphins win this week, they'll be 3-0 as a starter, and they've already won four in a row. If they make it five, I think that's definitely – I'd definitely give my tip to the cap to Brian Flores for really just turning this program around and getting these guys playing some good Miami Dolphins football. Uh, and the Chargers, you know, they, they have a great team. Justin Herbert has really, I think, taken the offensive rookie of the year conversation. You know, he's came into a team that – wasn't really planning on using him. was going to kind of learn behind Tyrod and just maybe wait a season or wait towards halfway through, but an injury happened and he had to step up. And when he did, you know, he rose to the occasion, has done a great job. But once again, it's, it's the defense. They've won one of their last six. They've blown so many 20 point leads. It's very Atlanta Falcon-esque and, and, and it's not Herbert's fault. You know I mean? He has a guy like Keenan Allen who, is probably one of the best receivers in the game and his number one target. I mean, obviously you lose a guy like Austin Eckler and it affects your run game, but you have you have uh, Justin Jackson as your backup and you have Joshua Kelly. These are two guys who can play the ball very well and they have the offense to compete, but once again, it's the defense. And I think if they can't slow down Tua in this Miami offense, the Chargers are looking at another loss this week. And speaking of retribution, let's talk about the Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, man, man. You know, I I did not expect that Tampa Bay Saints game to go the way it did. I mean, for Tampa to just perform so poorly, and even Tom Brady throwing a couple picks early on and just allowing the Saints to capitalize on such early chances, it, it put them in such a hole and... Kind of soiled Antonio Brown's debut, but you know that's that's another conversation. My my Pittsburgh Steeler friends know we uh we feel a certain way about Antonio Brown, but um this is this is definitely a big game for the Bucks. I think you know after losing a game the way they did to the Saints and with the way the NFC is looking, they need to kind of make a statement for themselves and the NFC to be hey you know just because that happened last week, don't forget about us or don't count us out. And this Panthers team again is without Christian McCaffrey once again. He came back last week, put up a tremendous game, and the thing that kind of mind-boggles me is the Panthers were very cautious with bringing back McCaffrey. So I understand, you know, you want him to make sure his ankle's healthy and whatnot. You're already up in the game. The man has two touchdowns, over 100 yards of offense, and you're still putting him out there on the final drive. I get you're trying to know close the game out, burn some clock out, but Mike Davis – has done a tremendous job for the Panthers since he's taken over for McCaffrey while he's been gone. Give him the ball. Let McCaffrey have those last couple of minutes, you know, just breathe and be all right and just make sure he's okay. You know, he's your franchise guy. He's not going anywhere. And what happens? You put him out there and he it's his AC joint. I mean, yes, it's the game of football and injuries happen, but something like that, it could have been avoided. It could have been something that he didn't have to worry about or not have on his mind, and now he has an injury and he has – I think it's day to day or week to week, whatever it is. But they put themselves in that situation now. And I think Teddy Bridgewater really has to pick up some of these pieces. I mean, he has Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson has been tremendous since coming from New York. And like I said, Mike Davis has been tremendous as well since Christian McCaffrey's been gone. So Carolina's still able to hang in there. You know, they don't have Luke Kukli anymore in their off or their defense. So that's definitely a, a big piece missing for them. So let's see how this Tampa Bay offense responds, I think. You have Tom Brady who's definitely I don't think he's ever had a defeat like that just flat out beat down, especially that early and on prime time. So I definitely think Tom Brady's gonna to be uh, coming to into this game with a little sour taste in his mouth. I uh I think Antonio Brown's ready to go too as well. You know, I think after a game like that, you put yourself in a situation where you're with Tom Brady and you're with a team that's definitely gonna be in the playoffs in the NFC. You wanna be the top guy again. So for him it's the first game to and the way it did and see how the Saints just beat them around. I think he definitely wants to prove the haters wrong, if you will. So this Panthers-Buccaneers game, I think, is going to be a very, very good game. You know, this is probably the biggest game of the season, I'd say, for them. Just in retrospect of their morale and just getting to the championship. Because, you know, it's it takes a lot to win an NFL championship. It's not just winning games. It's what goes on in the locker room and what's going on everybody out there so this is definitely probably the biggest thing or biggest game the Buccaneers are going to have this year and last but not least in our week 10 preview we have some Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cincinnati Bengals only reason why this game is on my list is as a Steeler fan you know I think it's no secret that sometimes the Steelers might like to play down to competition or if Everybody on social media and TV saying, oh, this game is going to be a blowout. They don't got to worry about it. I mean, they beat Baltimore, and the conversations were already talking about how they're going 16-0 because the rest of their schedule is easy. Every team in the NFL is filled with professional football players. Yes, there are teams that are winless. Yes, there are teams that might not win every game, but these guys are professionals. They're there for a reason. So you have to hold a certain level of respect for these guys and know that, all right, even if their record says – Two and six or 0 and eight, they're going to come out there and try to punch you in the mouth because it's football and that's what goes on in the game of football. And I think it, the, the Cowboys really did that in the beginning of the game. The Steelers, they just kind of shut down that offense. You know, I think with the way Ben's come back this year, it takes a little while for him to really get going with this offense. And that's just a little bit of rust from being off for a year. You know, you had elbow surgery, you've gone through a lot. So it's. It's not a quick offense like it used to be with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. He has other pieces, and these young guys are still trying to adjust to his style of play. I think last year they were the ones having to create plays themselves because Mason Rudolph and Dalvin Hodges just couldn't do the job. So Ben Othersberger leading the offense, I think it's his steady pace trying to combine with the speed and just the quickness of all these young guys. But the biggest thing for me from the Steelers is the run game. I love James Conner. I think he has a great story and a great personality, and he's such a good role model for so many young people and even just any football player, anybody in general. Just if you look up his story, it's incredible. Um, The offensive line just can't get it done for some games, I think, and James Conner has just – he's shown so much inconsistency that it's starting to really affect, you know, Last year, Jalen Samuels was kind of the main guy because Connor was hurt a lot, and you had Benny Snell. So those two guys were the main main guys getting feeds. But with Connor back, you have to share the wealth. And when you have Connor out there for a couple handoffs, then you bring in Samuels, you bring in Snell, you bring in McFarland. Yes, it's great to have all these backs, and they all bring different things to the table. But if Connor's your main guy, you need to treat him like your main guy, and you know give him these. Different run designs and maybe do some play action passes with him and just involve him more in the passing game. I think if anybody's on a hot seat in Pittsburgh, I definitely would say it's James Conner. Um, he has the respect of the city of Pittsburgh, but at the end of the day, this is a business. And if God forbid his terrible run game in the playoff is the reason that the Steelers don't win a Super Bowl, I mean, if it comes down to that, what, what does he have to say? You know, what does the offensive line have to say? That's That's a conversation that they'll have to have in the offseason, but I think James Conner really needs to get hot quick to kind of assist Roethlisberger and not make this such a pass-heavy offense when it doesn't need to be, especially with the defense you have. Um, But on the other side, Cincinnati could potentially knock off the Steelers if they play like they did against the Dallas Cowboys. It could happen. I mean, Joe Burrow, he's, he's shown some spurts of greatness this year. I think he's on the up-and-coming for Cincinnati, I think they still need a couple players and maybe some management to really turn this team around and put them in the right direction. You know, you have T. Higgins, great rookie receiver, has been a great uh, addition for the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. A guy like A.J. Green just hasn't really got involved yet. I think that's just he's had so many different quarterbacks and he kind of has his own style of play, so, you know, bringing in – the guy who's not going anywhere now, they just, they need to really form a certain kind of chemistry. And I just don't really have, I haven't seen much of it yet. And, I mean, you look at the stats, Tyler Boyd's the number one guy right now in Cincinnati. He leads his team in receptions and yards and touchdowns. So it's a clear choice right now who Joe Burrow's number one is. But if you're looking on paper of who they've had over the past couple of years, A.J. Green is your number one guy. And I think Joe Burrow needs to start finding a way to connect with him and if chances are then the Cincinnati Bengals win this weekend this will be Joe Burrow's first division win you know they've lost to the Browns already and they've lost to the Ravens i believe they've played the Browns twice and lost both times so this is their first matchup with the Steelers um it's a lot i think this is definitely going to be a big game for both teams even the records may not say it it's still an AFC North division game could put the Steelers to a potential 9 and 0 which we have never seen we've already never seen 8 and 0 so it's it's a good time to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, um, but yeah, it's it's an exciting Week Ten. I think there's a lot of good games out there, a lot of a lot of potential for some some fantasy football happiness and you know some fantasy football sadness. You know, if you're a if you're a McCaffrey guy, it's pretty frustrating to have him out again in fantasy football. But if you're like me and you knew how to draft a team and you drafted that man Dalvin Cook, I mean, oof, man, Dalvin Cook is something else. Speaking of Dalvin Cook, that's a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about next, and that's who I think is my midseason MVP and who I think is really the shoe-in for this year's MVP. As of right now, if I'm saying midseason MVP, I got to give it to Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's whenever he steps in the field, he just makes plays happen. He just, the swagger he has when he plays is just incredible. I have a huge respect for the way he plays, and it's incredible. it's a great thing to see him play. I um but see, like I said, speaking of Dalvin Cook, he was my my sleeper this year for the MVP, you know. Minnesota has weapons to really blow away competition, maybe not the strongest defense, but they just don't have the quarterback. I, I really don't think Kirk Cousins is the answer for them. When you have a guy like Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook who and even Justin Jefferson and, and Kyle Rudolph, you have offensive weapons who can make an impact but you have a quarterback who just can't get it to them and when that happens you have many complications and things happen where it just doesn't work out and I think they've invested so much into Kirk Cousins and I don't think they're really getting what they expected out of him I think they're starting to realize that so I wouldn't be surprised if you see Kirk Cousins go soon in Minnesota but I think Dalvin Cook definitely deserves to be in the MVP conversation this year, I mean, he's had incredible games this year. He's had four games where he's gone over 125 yards and had, had a touchdown in every single game so far this year. He's had three games with two touchdowns, one with three, and there's just no stopping him. He he runs through this offense, and he's a great receiving back, too. You know, he, he gets multiple catches. He gets big yard plays, but... He beats you on the ground, and I think this offensive line knows that, and they know that this is the way to win football games if your quarterback can't get it done. And it hasn't been a while since we've seen a running back win the MVP, but if Minnesota can turn their season around or just you know give Dalvin Cook m- more numbers and feed him more, I think he'll definitely sneak into the conversation for MVP, and it'd be a very well-deserved sneak-in for MVP. Last but not least, let's talk about the playoff picture in the NFL. Over on the AFC side, you know, there's there's a lot of good teams. I think Kansas City's so far still my number one. Obviously, the rankings have Pittsburgh above them being undefeated and all, but I still think Kansas City is the team to beat in the AFC. Um, if the Steelers can play up to their full potential, I think they're really a great matchup for Kansas City. Um, I think Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, could maybe surprise some people and really maybe just get away with a quick win or something you know I think the Steelers showed when they played Baltimore how to play Lamar jackson he he has a lot of tells being the young quarterback he is and being the mobile guy he was last year trying to transition his game to not as mobile. he is looking for the quick passes or looking for the safety valves, which is your tight ends or your slot guys. The Steelers knew that, and that's what they did. You know, they had the safeties back off, and the linebackers kind of press up and then squeeze them in the box. And when that happens, you're likely to throw a pick or an incomplete pass and whatever. So, Lamar Jackson still has some things to work out. I think the Ravens defense could keep them in the conversation, but Lamar Jackson, I think, really needs to step up this playoffs if they get that opportunity. Um, The Tennessee Titans as well. You know, Ryan Tannehill, I think – I don't think he had the weapons he needed in Miami to propel them to anything. You know, they got into the playoffs, I think, one or two years. But as a wild-card team, not nothing too crazy because of the Patriots at that time. But in Tennessee, it's a whole different animal. You know, Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. <laughs> That's all you can really say about that. I mean, he's he's incredible. And just the way he moves the ball and the size of him is it's hard to stop, and you have guys like A.J. Brown and Adam Humphreys and a couple other receivers that can really put this team on the map, and they already have. I mean, before the Steelers when they lost the Steelers, I and mean, they were undefeated as well, kind of surprised many people. But um I think they're definitely I, – I really don't see them going to the AFC Championship again. I think people are understanding how to stop Derrick Henry as well. I mean, he's a big guy. It takes – Multiple people to tackle him, but you can stop him and get him down. Over on the NFC side, though, Seattle and New Orleans right now have been kind of my number one pick, going back and forth week to week. But um, I think Green Bay is a sleeper for me in that in that conference. You know, Seattle, like I said earlier, has had some inconsistencies, losing two of their last three. Aaron Rodgers is definitely on a mission this year to prove people wrong that he's not passes prime or getting up there in age and needs to hand the torch off to Jordan Love, but this is definitely a year for Aaron Rodgers to shut people up. And I think if Green Bay can string together some more wins and just feed the man that Devontae Adams is, which is 10 catches a game and a casual 160 yards and two touchdowns, I mean – he, him and Aaron Rodgers, I, I definitely think Devontae Adams is the best receiver that Aaron Rodgers has had. Not taking anything away from Greg Jennings or Jordy Nelson, but Devontae Adams is the best weapon he's ever had. And to complement with Aaron Jones, I mean, that, that offense is firing all cylinders. And if their defense can just step up and, you know, play well, I think Green Bay is going to get a nice matchup with Tampa Bay most likely in the playoffs, and that will be a great game to see. And, you know, Tampa Bay, that's that's the other team in the NFC that's really, you know, stayed on my radar. And I think after the Saints game last week, they kind of faded out. So this is definitely, like I said, this is their week to put up or shut up. And I think if they really go out and just thrash the Panthers, then I, I thought I'm right back on the conversation. Is, All right, they could be my pick, but if it takes a little bit and they, they look a little loose in the screws, I, I would start worrying in Tampa Bay just a little bit. Um. I just wanted to say one last thing before I sign off today, you know, this has been a great time doing the to table. I really appreciate everybody tuning in on the episodes, live chats. We're, uh, we're going to keep pushing and making more episodes with school. I'm in school right now, so it's kind of hard sometimes to keep up with the content while I have other classes and things. So when the new year rolls around, I'm going to try to stay consistent with my content, but I'm hoping to focus a little more on school when the new year rolls around just because I'll actually be back on campus in school and in the studio so if you don't hear from the bearded table every now and then in 2021 don't be alarmed I'm okay (laughs) from everybody at the bearded table that's just me I'd like to say thank you for coming today to join my NFL talk and I will see you on episode 8 and the episodes further beyond this is Jonathan from the bearded table signing off